Who closing time? I'm Caleb Woodbridge. I'm Jordan Dobson. And I'm Sarah Burrow. Welcome back to Impossible Podcasts. Uh, what did you think of this week's episode, Sarah? I liked it. There were some really funny bits. And uh, again, returning to what I seem I quite like this whole doctor parenting thing, which is in a lot of this episode, and I really enjoy it. I think this was a really good, sort of happy, you know episode obviously then tagging on the end bit to, to lead us into next week's but I quite liked it I, I know so it's not going to say the same well I was about to say um, when I knew James Corden was in last season in, in The Lodger I was dreading the episode and thought I would loathe and detest it and I actually found it reasonable um, which I was quite surprised by um, this episode I think starts well and then tails off when it actually tries to tell a story rather than being funny Mm. Uh, when it's deliberately funny, it's good. When it actually tries to do something else, it's not. Yeah, I I really liked this episode. I thought I liked having a lighter episode after the um, last uh, couple, just exploring the fallibility of the Doctor and being that bit darker and more psychological. Really like that. But it's nice just with Doctor Who having the variety, having the balance. And so coming back for more of a romp, more of a uh, funny uh, story was really good. Um, and yeah, nice balance between uh, comedy and uh, the more horror uh, Cyberman uh, type things. But I'd agree with Swift in that the comedy very much uh, had the upper hand. Yeah. And I think... Uh, it didn't quite manage the shift from uh, one to the other at the end, uh, towards the end, as quite as successfully as it could have done. But on the whole, a really uh, fun, enjoyable episode. And uh, I did like uh, that, that added poignancy of it being the Doctor's last hours before he goes to uh, Lake Silencio, presumably... 200 years later, according to Gareth Roberts in an interview. Uh, so uh, we've had the Doctor, he's had all his, his wanderings, he's done his farewell tour, and the time has come, and it built up to that. Um, it's built up to that quite nicely. So this counts as Doctor's second farewell tour? <laughs> yes. I prefer this one, though. Yes, it was slightly better. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> a bit, a bit yeah. less uh, drawn out than David Hedges. So, though, for we know, he could have spent the last two hundred years revisiting all of his companions <laughs> again. I'm sure that's a YouTube video in the making. <laughs> Which, if he did, is fine because I didn't have to watch it. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> just just be glad that they didn't have the money for the uh, CGI extended version oh. with every previous companion. Oh dear, can't be losing the will to live myself. Okay, so let's uh, let's get cracking with the episode. If you're listening along at home, press play now. And we begin in Cardiff city centre uh, by. Oh, what's it called? The It should be... Is it House of Fraser? Yes. Yeah, I actually saw them filming um, this. I uh, was walking past on the way back from uh, a jazz... Listening to some jazz music in the night and could see that they were filming in there. Uh, but um, there wasn't much you could see from outside. They did do a little bit of outside... Filming. So this is filmed, I assume, inside House yes. of Frozen, yeah. Yeah. Where did they film uh, the shopping centre in Rose? Was that... That was um, Howells, which is just... just yeah, because I thought it reminded me some more of it, and then you have the shopping assistant girl who's sort of a cross between Donna and Rose. Mm. And here we have uh, Craig, uh, James Corden back, and a cameo for um, Daisy Haggard. Um, 
as a Whitson. I Bev, my wife, uh, who has been on this podcast before, uh, smiled knowingly at arrows on the fridge. That's the kind of thing she does for me. <laughs> Being a woman, because you guys may not go in changing rooms, I've never been to a changing room that's like that. I don't know what shops get changing rooms left like that. <laughs> that's just you, I'm phoning everybody. It's a I'm tiny, highly, highly irrelevant point. Yeah, I was thinking No one is coming to help me. But otherwise, there's no reason to get her to wander slowly no. down that. No, that's, 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 that's true. I'm coping. I'm coping on my own. I did, do like Jake. How long did it take him to realise why he was coping on his own? Because I was thinking, he wasn't that... St- I know he was stupid, but he wasn't that stupid. <laughs> he needed a maid. Well, I, well I, I knew from the previews that the baby uh, was in there. Yeah, I think they're, they're doing it to... It looks odd at this point because you don't know about the baby. Yet. No, the bastard I was thinking is like, which I think they've set it up that. Yeah, they set it up that yeah, way. Yeah. But unfortunately, I got why he was. There was this big I, thing about him coping on his own. I really like this bit on the doorstep. I, I, I think this is funny, but most of the time, in most other episodes, apart from these ones written by Gareth Roberts, uh, the Doctor seems to be a lot more familiar with. Uh, 20th, 21st century mm-hmm. social conventions. Yeah. Oh, I, I knew it then. Well, yeah, there. but it's obvious by this point. <laughs> You're slow on the uptake in this episode. I am there. very slow on the uptake. We'll come back to that in a minute. We'll be like, oh, here we are, back at the... Uh... See, a sinister shadow. A sinister oh. shadow that looks like a Cyberman. Yeah, I, I just didn't see it as a shadow. I obviously just... I, I, I saw it as a shadow, but I didn't see it as an outline of a, a Cyberman shadow. Child abuse. Uh, Child abuse. Making the baby cry. Parenthood has been so, something of a theme, not not just with River yeah. Song. Um Ian is a Cyberman, yeah. uh, but also with um, in Night Terrors and the Curse yeah. of the Black Spot, yeah. and even in the Doctor's Wife, you have um, Idris saying, "Oh, you're like a spoiled mm. child." There is a lot of um, that theme in sort of this series. Mm. Um, I quite like cause Matt Smith is particularly good when yeah, he's good with kids. kids. He is good with. Uh, because he was good with George because mm. there is that smack of slightly irresponsible which of course the Doctor is actually mm. quite irresponsible at times and, and that goes all the way back to Amelia Bond just after he regenerated this I think was my favourite scene in the whole episode uh, is uh, beginning bit where the Doctor interprets the baby Mm. It, it, it really takes the I can speak baby joke and runs with it. Yeah, but it, it does work really well. Though. It is yeah, really funny. Like it. It, it, it's great fun. I like the whole um, Dark Lord Stormageddon. Yeah. <laughs> I love that bit. It becomes stormy. It's a pity that Peter's uh, busy at the moment because yeah. uh, Peter has uh, PG Bell as. Um, who uh, a regular on this podcast is currently preparing for the arrival of Baby Bell. Uh, <laughs> we need to find a new name for this poor child. It's going to so, get called Baby Bell. Uh, so, Peter, this is your life in a few months' <laughs> time. Hopefully, um, minus the Cybermen. <laughs> and I suggest you don't call your, your boy Stormageddon. <laughs> yes! That's brilliant. We, we didn't suggest that name, though, did we? That wasn't one on the list. To call me Dark Lord. Dark Lord. Why does he get the pepper mill out? It makes no sense. I think that was a suitably odd but amusing gag. I wonder whether that was scripted or whether Matt Smith just picked up just the pepper mill. Just picked around. He's a very cute child. <laughs> the not-mum line was very good as well. Mm. It's funny, because though if this was able to happen, that probably is what that child is thinking. Not-mum. Because at that point, that's all that that child cares about. <laughs> Why does he try to eat the chalk? Are there aliens in my fridge? Across the hearts. Across the hearts was another nice. Yeah. 
nice, nice bit. This is, of course, written by Gareth Roberts, who uh, has wrote The Lodger, and before that, The Unicorn and the Wasp, and The Shakespeare Code. Oh, I like The Shakespeare Code. Did you? Yes, purely for the Harry Potter references. <laughs> See, I probably didn't get them back then, because I hadn't seen any of the films or read any of the books. Well, there is a bit like, wait till you read the Harry Potter books, because he'd already read them, I think. Oh, was the doctor yeah, he says, was saying he's already read. Wait until you've read, read book, book seven. seven. I, I cried. cried. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then the last bit, he defeats the uh, uh, Caleb Hutton with what they were called Carrionites. Carrionites with, with um, Expelliarmus. Ah, uh, right. oh, have you had your Pottermore? No! Oh, Stop I, rubbing it in, Kevin! No, I haven't had my Pottermore I, I've, I've, in I've, I've had mine, and Sarah's a far bigger Harry Potter uh, fan than me, so this, there's no justice in the world. No. Especially as all the other society members have got theirs. Uh-huh. And I haven't. I, I, I like this bit with the Doctor just uh, struggling to try and resist yeah. the temptation to get involved. But not in a sort of dark and moody way. Yeah. Which Tennant often did that. You'd have this big mm. sort of... And it's not that Matt Smith can't do the sort of close-up emotional facial expressions, but <laughs> this is really... I, you know, this is a really nice way of doing it. And then suddenly... <laughs> this was quite good as well. <laughs> this is just a really funny episode. Mm. I really quite like this episode. Yes, that's what I buy. Lamps and vegetables. Yes, we're old and boring. Yes. And t- here we have the um, convenient coincidence of Craig turning up at the exact shop yeah. that... The doctor's investigating. Does House of Fraser actually have like a toy section? I've never, I don't think they've ever been in. I don't think so. I don't think no. it does, no, because it's a department store, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Funny, you have a badge that actually says the doctor. <laughs> the. Oh, that's going to cause a lot of controversy. <laughs> that, 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 that's, um, that's very. Quick, I mean, I, when, when I've worked in places like that, it's taken me uh, weeks to get a name badge. Yeah. Plus, he knows everybody, which we see later on in the episode. Yappy! Yappy! Well, as much fun as I remember. <laughs> nice little reference to K9. K9, yeah. yeah, of course. Did you not get that? Again, no. I must be. Are you asleep? I, 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 not in body, but probably in soul. I, I, I'm missing everything today. Um, You're dead inside, so I am. No soul. The soulless. Here we have our first uh, glimpse blur of, of the. Uh, Cybermat. I do like the shop though. So, Cybermat, I assume you guys recognise them from yes. the oh, adverts? Yes, so. Um, so. First appeared, I think. I think it was a two minute Cybermat, I think. First Cybermat. I don't think it was in the moon base. Not on the same planet, so yeah. Why is it called a Cybermat? Do we know? It's on the floor, it's a bit like a mat, and it's part of the side. Oh, a bit like a rat. Sorry, this is your bit you like. Oh, yeah, this is hilarious. The Britain's Got Torment for a cover is brilliant. Uh, but it's annoying, in fact, it's very funny, but it just reminds me that, I don't know, Gareth Roberts should probably write a sketch show. <laughs> because he'd be probably very good at it. It's uh, mildly satirical. It's interesting that on the Sarah Jane adventures, he's done the more emotional, serious ones, oh. like whatever happened to Sarah Jane, which was really very moving. It's as good as many of the best Doctor Who uh, episodes. Um, you just know that this lift that's got a sign saying danger on it, that it's got something to do with the Cybermen. I did have this horrible feeling at one point that the Doctor was going to put him in the lift and going to send him down and Craig was suddenly going to end up in the yes, ship. Yes, I did. At least he gets in. I think it's the lighting in the top of the lift that gives it mm. massively away. It's like, that looks like it's going to transmit yeah. you somewhere. A beaming up Scotty telephone. Yeah, this is like light. Craig is now trying to explain. Like exactly. Like in Star Trek. Like using a beaming up Star Trek telephone. Yeah, at this point, you'd say, you're just waiting for it. Yeah, you're just waiting for them to be, uh, well, teleported. Here we are. How many instances have we had? Are we, and we suppose it's not a proper teleport, is it? 
I mean, it is. But I was thinking, how many instances have we got uh, aliens teleporting themselves to Earth? Because the only one that immediately comes to mind is Remembrance of the Daleks, which has a similar round lighting. Oh, you're deliberately going to talk over the scene. The, the, the Sontarans uh, have a teleport as well. In, <laughs> and here we have... Uh, does this count as gay agenda? I think it does. Yes. This is, you know, bordering on... Uh, <laughs> Torchwood area, this. <laughs> oh. Set with more clothing, thankfully. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, no, don't remind me of that episode, please. I, I was a bit puzzled here. He seemed to zap the Cyberman. The Cyberman seemed to disappear when he pointed the sonic screwdriver yeah. at it. And I wasn't sure how that was supposed to work. Now, if it had teleported with them or something, that hasn't made sense, yeah. but. Or if they just teleported away from it, but mm. it seems to disappear at the same time as them, and then there's no further sign of it. I think it's possibly a problem with the editing mm. <laughs> rather than the, the script per se, mm. because quite an obvious thing is always oh, teleport with yeah. them. When I came across the filming just here, um, I came across a few of uh, the dedicated set report people who trail around after them. So, hello, little monster, as he goes by on uh, Twitter. Um, uh, yeah, I have to say I don't have quite the same dedication. They were waiting until their lunchtime at midnight or so when they were coming out, when the actors would come out for their uh, lunch break uh, to get to see them. You know, this was at half ten or something. Yeah. Like. Uh, no, I, I'm not going to hang no. around on the off chance. I don't think Bev would have been placed. <laughs> So it was the front of the shop altered when you were there then? Yeah, they had the, the sign. The, whatever the shop is now called. Mm-hmm. For a moment. No, for a moment, it looks a bit like next inside. Mm. But parts of House of Fraser do, though. Yeah, no, I haven't been in this. Like, is that next? And just uh, in the background here, the lady um, in the shop is Linda Barron, who has been in Doctor Who uh, before. First of all, um, 45 years ago, back in 1966, in uh, The Gunfighters, which was a musical western, well, sort of, they had the song The Ballad of the Last Chance Saloon, which she sang. Um, and then in Enlightenment in the Peter Davison era she uh, was uh, Captain Rack who was a bit of a uh, slightly pantomime pirate, space pirate (laughs) I don't think we'll uh, start replacing the word companion with partner will we, as discussed in this scene obviously she has a different idea of what their relationship (laughs) is between uh, Craig and the Doctor but as of like 40 years ago, that would just refer to a business partner. Mm. But we aren't 40 years ago. No, no. We're... Why does that mannequin have no head? Anyway, uh, that it, was a random mm. one. This, this isn't where you start, is it? If you're going to question people, why on earth does Craig start in the lingerie section? Because the baby likes oh, I it. I think, was that a Welsh sign in the background there? I uh, it could have been. I think I might have just got of some Welsh. Have you got an enclave in Colchester? <laughs> I'm not sure. I'd have to rewind. To... <laughs> Craig. Yeah. Mm. These these scenes were where I felt um, the comedy was being stretched out slightly, especially on a second viewing. Um, I thought uh, this is the point where I'd have happily have lost this for a slightly. Yeah. Um, well, you know that when he. When he walks into question, a female shop assistant in the laundry section is going to get into trouble. Yeah, <laughs> you know it, I, this. You see where this goes, don't you? Which is odd because he, he's for the whole tenor of the episode, he's kind of following the doctor and becoming a doctor. Yet he also becomes the dad at the same time, even though the doctor is clearly irresponsible. Which um, just by way of observation rather than anything else. It's immediately struck me. He did a very cute baby. <laughs> but is he, is, is he as cute as Amwen? Was, was Amwen from Torchwood? 
Was it Amway? Well, I think I think the pink earmuffs. Um, <laughs> pink earmuffs uh, plus five cuteness. Sorry. Yeah, I mean Anne went in. Yeah, I mean she. The Gwen, silly woman, shoots a gun holding her child in her arms. And then she laughs. Responsible parenting. Yeah. Stands at the window where they're trying to shoot her. Clearly supported by the BBC. No, yes, let's not go on parenting skills of Torchwood. Doctor Who parenting skills, however. Yeah, you just take your child with you as you go and fight Cybermen. Well, you give it to your husband who isn't getting shot at quite as much as you. The shushing thing on the shop assistant is amusing. The shushing thing does work surprisingly well. It could be incredibly irritating, but for some reason, it's actually quite amusing. Well, maybe I'm in a good mood. I don't know. Are there any fundamental problems this week's vision? Oh, yes. <laughs> um, but, um, it was knockabout enough for us not bother mentioning them yet. Um, yes, I know. Of course he does. Of course you do. We're partners. I did exactly what you would have done, and I nearly got arrested. With a chain. And now, is this the bit when we get the cybermats? Or no, no, it's not. no, not quite. Oh, not quite. It's the. Oh, he gets the tele- teleport signal again in this changing uh, room. Yes, but he doesn't realise. But he it. doesn't realise. No, he doesn't realise the doors. No. Is that another bra? Yes, it is. He's got random lingerie around. It's women's changing room. Yeah, Didn't d- d- they just take it back with them and put it on the Not hook? always, no. Don't they? No. See, I, when I ever go into a change room, I always take the clothes back. You always return your female underwear. <laughs> 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 so, so I think you're um, us there a bit too much. <laughs> Apologies, Helen. Oh, God. I knew the Rocky Horror Pitch show wasn't a good influence. <laughs> <laughs> so we're coming up to the cameo by Amy and Rory here. How did you feel about this moment? I was very surprised. I was really not expecting them to appear. It, it's an odd way to get them because obviously the girl asks for the autograph to get them to stop so he can sort of stand and watch mm. them. It is a bit odd. She's a, been in a perfume advert. It's not something you stop and get someone's yeah. signature, you know, for really. But it would have been much more difficult. To, I don't know how else she could have got them to stop, but I'm sure there was another way to get them to stop. Yeah. Um, get a comedy fall from Rory or something. No. There's more to Rory <laughs> than the comedy aspect. No, but what, what you, I like the line coming up on the advert for the girl, the girl who waited. Who, Oh, well, I got it. I got it from here because you get to see it there. Yeah, for the girl who, who's died of Patrick or link uh, back to the doctor's wife. The smell of um, um, concrete after rain or dust yeah. after rain. But the implication of this was that she's become some very famous model, mm. which coming back from traveling with the doctor wouldn't really be the kind of profession that you think you'd go into. Hmm. It's, it seems a little bit too, well... Well, it, it's interesting because Karen Gillan's actually done Monty. Well, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, but, yeah, it does seem slightly odd because... I, I think it's more it's used as a, a device to get them to stop. Yeah. So the girl that yeah, and also to show, that, and to show um, that, that she's moved on, that she's stopped waiting. Yeah, but I, 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 just, I just thought it didn't sit, sit right. It, it, it's too commercialised, it's too mainstream for someone who's been with a doctor for that long to to turn into. I mean, pretty job-wise. She ought to be bringing down the government in Zimbabwe or something. Yeah, just something slightly different, I mean. But nobody would stop her for for autograph if she did that. I don't know, it just seems much of a, a shallow profession. Well, it may not be the only thing she's doing. Oh, no, no. Maybe oh. it's, it's just the impression I get, that's all. I think you're overthinking it. I think it's purely a shot to get them to stop so the doctor can s- stare at them and... Yeah. So was, was the doctor being, like, fishing, like like a kid's fishing net? <laughs> yeah, he picked it up in the toy shop. Oh, did I? Again, I missed that. You are slow this evening, Swithin. Bitey. Yeah, it's got Now, I was really disappointed by the teeth. <laughs> it just makes the Cybermat just complete comedy. 
are not frightening in any way, shape or form. All it reminds me of, do you remember you get those kids who got those wind-up teeth mm. that moved along and snapped? Yeah. It reminded me of that. No. Uh, one of the things in one of the spin-off novels, one of the past Doctor Adventures, The Legal Alien, uh, I think that reveals that uh, Cybermats are cyber-converted babies, oh. which is oh. suitably disturbing and <gasps> nasty. Oh, should have turned the baby into a uh, Cybermat! No! But, uh, I, no, Swithin. Sorry. Gotcha. I, uh, I, I'm not surprised you... that they didn't reference that at all. But, uh, is that is that Mike Tucker's? Um, yeah, Tucker and Harry Wilson. Yeah, the two co-wrote Because that was originally going to be a story for season 27, which of mm. course was never made, unless you call Count Series 1 as season 27. Because um, <laughs> I remember meeting him in, in uh, yeah. Darwin in Lancashire once at a convention. Because mm. he uh, did a sequence of um, seven Doctor novels that kind of linked together a bit. Yeah. Kind of unofficial season 27 mm. was the last model maker employed by the BBC as well directly mm. see back to the doctor no. parenting <laughs> I'm not sure what the doctor's he trying to do here some sort of Mache. I was thinking that as well. That's what like, it looks like he's doing, yeah. but I mean, no, he never comes back to it, obviously. But does Matt Smith realise that Blue Peter has ended yeah. and he, and tried to do an audition Blue for Blue Peter? Ends it. I think I, I saw he heard. Oh, I or was during his last season or something. It, it was, I saw it on the BBC News saying that it was is is going to die. Oh no. Um, I, I did it there. I, I'm very sad. I, I had to blue, blue Peter back. <gasps> did you? And I never got one. Too far, probably didn't bother to enter things. <laughs> the nagging sense of spiritual emptiness of modern adult life. <laughs> the thing is, he does say it with some almost longing, doesn't he? He does actually yes. say it in a way that actually part of him thinks that might be quite a nice life to live I really like this scene Matt mm. Smith does this scene really well did you? I, yeah I think you get much more of a, bet, a much better sense of him being alien when he's just doing old and quiet rather than the zany which uh, look at me how zany I am yeah. uh, which is a bit they sometimes go a bit over the top with it well, I really, that's why I really like this scene. Yeah. I, I, I can see that. I, I don't know. Again, I probably saw it as slightly forced as a kind of slower moment of pre-shadowing the Doctor's lived a long time. He's very old. Oh, oh later on we get references he's going to die again. No, it's Which, just a nice scene with a baby. I suppose you could see it like that. This is really cute. Yeah. I know I'm a girl I, in this I, I didn't... And, yeah, and, and the choir in the background doesn't help for me. Because you ought to know that the child has stopped crying. That is true. I just liked the, I like the, in the language of your age type thing, just giving that sense of distance. Although I was waiting for a joke about 110%. Oh no, that's at least 10 years old. 150%. As everything seems to change now. You can't give 100%. It's like 200. Especially in, with um, football managers. It's hyperbole inflation. <laughs> it's it's not nonsense inflation. You can't. <laughs> it's more inflated than the euro. Or the pound. Or the dollar for that matter. <laughs> Yeah, it's I'm like not continuity. We suddenly um, develop a bad blanket from somewhere that we didn't have previously. <laughs> I liked this bit with the doctor getting locked out. There was a big argument on 
Gallifrey, well, not big one, but a discussion on Gallifrey Base about whether the Doctor could ever go back to losing the t- key of the TARDIS in the way he does in Marco Polo again, um, making that kind of uh, simple mistake, uh, now that he's become this godlike being who defeats empires and so on, and um, John Blum who uh, posts an awful lot in these forums if you've been on them was arguing that oh no you can't go back to that whereas I felt there's something quite nice about the Doctor if he is fallible in that way and just the simple thing of losing his keys uh, can catch him out and I did like that sort of beat here that jumping through that jumping through the glass is very reminiscent of Tenant on the horse jumping through the Mirror. <laughs> uh, in, uh, I, you'll be asked to tell me what the episode is called, but the one with the clockwork men. The girl in the fireplace. Thank you. There's some slightly dodgy CGI shots of. <laughs> Sorry about that. It's interesting you say about uh, the doctor making simple mistakes. The way they've clearly set this up for a reset of a more kind of low key doctor, at least in the universe's knowing sense. Um, it would seem to be, although I'm not calling for this at all, be a, a, night, a, a decent opportunity to replace Matt Smith. Now, I'm not suggesting we do. No, but, well, no, no, but to, to change the whole tenor of, of the way that the Doctor is, given and to play with the fact that he's more kind of uh, low key and is not this great, this great figure, and then possibly slightly more serious than the Matt Smith Doctor is. Should tie in quite nicely the fact he's died and then presumably will come back somehow uh, at the end of the next episode. And then you can have a different tone which has been set up and possibly a slightly more traditional tone to some extent. Um, well, I, one of the things I liked is that with the whole thing about, oh, I'm safe with you, Doctor, all those other days, it does give more of a sense of danger when. Um, Craig comes in at the end and blunders in on the cyberman and is in the cyber conversion chamber. I mean, uh, I wasn't expecting them to cyber convert Craig, if not being that sort of episode, but uh, it does. Um, just because you know that you've seen in the last few episodes the Doctor make mistakes and people die as a result and to drop off his companions because of the danger he puts them in. It does uh, give that added sense of danger to Craig's involvement with the Doctor and I think that does add to the excitement of it. A more fallible Doctor does actually make for more exciting stories. I think they've done that a lot more since Matt Smith has joined because I mean I was a fan of Tennant but towards the end of Tennant's reign he was just he was on this this pedestal wasn't he and this one's you know sort of much more of a fallible doctor and I quite like you know and he is not getting it right all the time I mean you get that from the very beginning that he screws up going back to Amy mm. quite a few quite a few years mm. and um, yeah I suppose that's true which is nice because I think Tennant I don't know how popular this will be I think Tennant stayed too long they Russell T Davis stayed too long um and they just stretched it a bit too far, I think. And mm. Season four was a rerun of season three, but worse. I mean, I, I, like I said, I really liked it. Just on the point of uh, plot logic, are we to assume that uh, Craig and the Doctor were speaking in the early hours of the morning? Because he doesn't state he's going to die tomorrow. And then it's presumably, it seems like it's the next day, so the only way I can make that yeah. make any sense is if they were in like post 12 o'clock, midnight. Well, he's just had the phone call saying that she'll be back at uh, 10 a.m., which is today, so he leaves the same day as this happens. Oh, I know that, no, but when, when Craig falls asleep, we've just yeah. seen before. I assumed it was before 12, but clearly it must yeah. be after 12. Because, because the doctor says at that point he's going to die tomorrow, I think. Yeah, well, he goes to his death today. Which is this day. Oh, okay. okay. So it's the night before. Oh, because it's 10am. Oh, right, okay. Because he leaves. Yeah, okay, yeah. fair enough. Because he leaves just as Although, she comes back, doesn't he? I, 
Although I am slightly confused as to why he knows it's a day away in his personal timeline when he's got a time machine. And yeah. he goes back in time at the same point in this episode. Yeah, he must, yeah, he must go back with the envelopes at some point. So the fact that it's a day surely isn't really... But then the whole point is the Doctor's death, death is supposed to be a fixed hmm. point in time, isn't it? So Maybe he's going to meet Captain Jack. <laughs> unheard of cameo appearance if you've ever fixed point. Oh, there's yeah. something in the new Doctor Who magazine Stephen Moffat asked about that and he says basically he hasn't got, um, uh, he thought about having Jack in for A Good Man Goes to War, but he hasn't got another idea for a suitable story yet. So presumably yeah. Because Jack hasn't met this Doctor, has he? No. It's not Matt, Matt Smith. But I'd be quite surprised if he did at some point, especially with the 50th anniversary coming. Oh, yeah. Coming yeah, I might oh, we, could, we could do a new... Um, oh, Chris Frackleston might return for the, uh, the new three Doctors. Mm. Or the, we could do the four Doctors. Get McCoy in there. Well, we do actually have um, someone, uh, a uh, actor who's played the Doctor in the Christmas special. Arabella Weir, because she was in the female Doctor in the Doctor Who Unbound, and she was announced as being in the Doctor Who Christmas special, along with Bill Bailey and... Um, uh, what's her name? The mum from Outnumbered. Is it Claire Skinner? Oh, I know you mean, yeah, I don't know what you mean. And who was the other one they announced? Someone else as well. Oh, yes, yeah, Alexander Armstrong, who voices <laughs> Mr. Smith. That's yeah. uh, quite a comedy contingent, but rumour has it that it's going to be based on um, the. Um, Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, because some of the plot details World War II, uh, evacu- children being evacuated, the Doctor is this mysterious man in the house they evacuated uh, to, and the child is into the Christmas tree leading to another world. As long as there's no gas masks, because um, the empty child is far too creepy. So these Cybermen seem not to have the Cybus logo on them. Uh, and since it's a spaceship and so on it would seem that these are um, our universes so yeah for the first time well we don't know about the ones in A Good Man Goes to War oh yeah And I like the line about the Doctor knowing that these six Cybermen are enough to convert the Earth. Mm. It is quite reminiscent of the Lodger in that you've got an, a hidden spaceship uh, which is luring people I- into it and will eventually uh, consume the Earth. Yeah. And the... Stomping of the Cybermen. Now, there was a bit of a leak as regards this episode because the Monster Files DVD extra um, to accompany it was uh, released early on iTunes uh, several weeks ago, uh, which someone quickly downloaded and uploaded to YouTube. <laughs> so you've got all the a 15 minute behind the scenes featurette on the episode, which I saw the link to but resisted uh, the. Um, temptation to watch. I was thinking when the, when the Doctor first met the uh, Cybermen just then, I was surprised he didn't turn his um, sort of stru- screwdriver onto um, Cybermen go go away function. Because <laughs> we had function seen that was uh, seen once. In, yes, was that like was the Cybermen, wasn't it? Because it was there. Yeah. So the sound of the child crying. Yeah. You, you know, you know, they said that you didn't want. It was obviously clear they weren't going to convert James Corden. But oh, it could have been a, a brilliant comedy horror episode then. 
we would have never, we wouldn't have expected it because we're not expecting no. this to. That'd be a really cool ending yeah. if he'd have become like Croton, the Cyberman in the comics, who was the you know, Cyberman with a soul. If he'd actually been converted but retained his memories and stuff. Yeah. That would have been a bit too interesting. Actually, Croton didn't um, uh, retain his memories. He was on a quest to rediscover who he was uh, before he was. See, so. you only want that because you don't like this ending. Well, this ending makes no sense. No, it whatsoever. doesn't. But I don't think it attempts greatly to do that, though. I think it just. No, no, it, it doesn't. But it, it's, it's like the Cybermen explode. Why? Because they've got emotion. But clearly, they could just be emotionally held Cybermen in the same way that you have the Daleks with the human factor in Evil of the Daleks I but mean it, there's, there's, there's yeah. no um, necessity of this being the case I, of any I, 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 I was a bit annoyed that they blew up just because the emotions did and but then, it, 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 to, be, to be fair um, it is a repeat offence yeah. in that they did it in Rise of the Cybermen. I thought they'd done it somewhere. Genocide is a repeat offence, it doesn't justify it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind Love Conquers All, I'm a Harry Potter fan, so... <laughs> <laughs> but the, yeah, but it's done with a bit more plot logic in Harry yeah, Potter. Yeah, well, yeah, but there's also a lot more space to have a bit more plot, so it's not just... Yes, well, if they'd have cut out a couple of comedy <laughs> scenes uh, yeah, earlier on... Or the less comedy. Yeah. They do lampshade it nicely yeah, with do. the doctor saying about how it's grossly oversimplified and terribly um, sentimental. Which is basically Swithin. And then he yes. just comes to my point and says, Nah, love, I can't all. So. <laughs> is that the most self referential we've ever seen? Moments in Doctor Who we've ever seen? Uh, the building should be totally safe. Mm, not the m- most, but it's it's pretty self referential. Yeah, very. Oh, this is, um, this is him speaking to the and shop assistants again. And looking at the lingerie section. Yeah, but it's, it's also the, the second or third time he's speaking to a random person about what's going on who has no idea what's going on. It's this this keep sort of seeking for a companion. He's not quite happy on his own, is he? He does it, he does it to, to her, doesn't he? He does it to... Even as the baby at one point just starts talking. Really old question. Is the lady behind the counter the same woman who is in Come Outside with the dog Pippin? Yeah. She is? No. Oh, she's not. No, because I think she's dead. Oh. Oh, no, I'm not It might be. I don't know. The the CBBC programme from the early 90s, like, preschool. Come Outside, it was basically you follow a dog and you go and see the world of work with little young kids. Yeah. I think it actually might be. But it I looks that very similar to her. Mm. Um, did those baby pictures magically appear on, on the, on the, on the I don't wall? know whether those ones did, but the big one did, because it's of him and... I think... I, well, I don't know. I don't know whether it's a... Basically, the doctor's tidied up. What I would have loved with the tidy-up is that he tidies everything up, but somehow couldn't have got a glazer and it had a smash like a, a blank pane at, 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 at the back it would be quite amusing it's a nice line about the glaciers yeah although you can get them quite well as me and Kayla found out getting one at about three in the morning after being burgled mm. <laughs> you actually can get yeah if it's a safety issue they, they do come out as an emergency if you're getting it really picky though if it's an enclosed garden Stick a piece of wood up, it's probably not an emergency. Shut up, you two. Well, true. It's funny, uh, that, that robbery came up in conversation uh, last night when I went for a curry because we were talking about what to do if we found a burglar in the house. I now have an axe, which I can wield with one hand. So that's. <laughs> I'm not going to tell what, 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 you where it is. What you want to have is a, a pet cyber mat to attack burglars. Yeah. One second. That that would be very very useful. The doctor's picked up some blue envelopes. Yeah, I like the the checking the fridge for aliens. <laughs> oh, that's what he was doing. Nice. And again, again, so that you're asleep. <laughs> oh, do you know what? It really is her. Is it? Linda Barron from, from Come Outside well I don't know actually she's not on screen now 
Sorry. And if you know the program, please tell us. I, I'm googling as we're uh, as we're watching this, but my uh, BlackBerry's being a little slow. What do we Sophie, th- that, that, that's her name. What do we think of the I- of the idea that um, clearly the start of the episode is that uh, Craig isn't a very good dad, and then he kind of becomes the well, dad. I'm not sure it's his dad. not very good. It's that he's not very confident. Yeah. Uh, okay. If you take it, nothing happened. Nothing. Oh, if you take it, he needs to though. believe in himself. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but all I was thinking is that I suppose he doesn't believe himself, but I'm read it as bumbling dad not very good and then he somehow becomes better dad by continually being the same guy which I thought was just odd given the kind of trajectory that the kind of the the arc of the characters would seemingly be set up in such an, an episode what do you think of the whole doctor going to random strangers playing the doctor? I think <laughs> it's, it? again, it's a link to link these two parts of the episode. It's, I mean, it's, it's something Tennant would do. It's all right. I mean, mm. um, sorry, going back to come outside. What was her name again? Linda Barron. It is her. Oh. Yes. Ah, oh, I knew I recognised her, yes. and it wasn't from the Gunfighters. Yes, you remember it from a uh, childhood storytelling program of her and a dog. I do. Yes, so then I'm not so sure that's so better. And here we jump forward to the 51st century or so. It was a nice link. It mm. was a bit contrived to start with, but it does link it quite nicely. I mean, I'm glad they did it rather than just cut to the scene. Yeah. I'm glad I mean, they attempt to do some... Yeah. Nicely linked. Because there's yeah. enough of a contrast between this and the storyline for the most of the episode that I'm glad they tried to do something. I think I'd have preferred it if it was the shop people rather than just random kids. Um, yeah, that would have worked quite nice. Yeah. So where are we in River's time? Is this the 51st century? Yeah, she, she ended up. At the end of Let's Kill Hitler, she ended up studying archaeology to find the doctor in history. So she's just become a doctor in archaeology? Yeah. Archaeology. Sorry, I think it's 52nd century. I think it was 51 something. Mm. The first reappearance of the silence since. Mm. Well, the first that we remember. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder whether they'll do uh, sort of flashbacks and reveal that they've been manipulating events. And again, in Doctor Who magazine, they've got something that's tracking um, River Song's timeline. Because, yeah, this the wedding of Rufus Song, it uh, places it between Let's Kill Hitler and Parts of a Good Man Goes to War with just sh- spoilers as the only information. <laughs> but also, intriguingly, it says the wedding of Rufus Song again uh, between the time of angels and flesh and stone and science in the library and forest of the dead in terms of Rufus Song's timeline, which is intriguing. Well, I suppose up until this half of the series, every time we've seen River Song, mm. she's been massively ahead of the Doctor. It's only yeah. now that we start going back in River Song's timeline, yeah. from what we know of her. So, of course, we now find River Song is the... Uh... Yeah, she was... I mean, with all the hints about her killing the doctor in the impossible yeah. shot, she was the most likely candidate. Yeah. Looking a little like uh, Anakin Skywalker when he removes Darth Vader's head um, mask. <laughs> 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 he removes his head. No, in the, in the uh, Return of the Jedi. Oh. Ooh, how's he getting off this? Viking eye patch gun. Again with this, I like this next time trailer. They seem to be getting better at them. Uh, obviously, it's the Doctor's silence, his death, pterodactyls, love chess. Oh, were they pterodactyls or were they those things from uh, Father's Day? Pterodactyls. Were pterodactyls. And Winston Churchill. Yes. And the uh, Silurian. Oh, I missed the Silurian. And uh, live chess, which you seem to like. Yes, live chess. Gary Kasparov versus Deep Blue. The rerun. And 
apparently it also has um, uh, Charles Stick and Simon Callow returning and it also has the BBC Breakfast presenters Bill Turnbull and Sean Williams I think one of my complaints might be the next one that they're going to cram a lot in this episode it's going to be one of those kitchen sink episodes. Yeah, I think it is, yeah. Which um, isn't necessarily always a bad thing, but I imagine it's going to be one of our complaints, yeah. I think. Is, crush it, is it going to hang together well enough, or is it just going to be slash bang? Yeah, I mean, like, that's the... run, bang. You just get ra- rapid hmm. transition between. Lots of scenes, lots of running around. Yeah. And unsurprisingly, there aren't previews available to... Uh, as uh, many outlets for uh, next week, so we will have to wait to see it um, uh, on the night. Or well, that's during your uh, birthday party, so uh, wait oh, after we... I play it. Oh yes, it is. And I forgot about that. That was very bad of you to uh, plan your birthday party. Did you not forewarn? You know, I, I I hadn't checked the schedule because I, at that point when I put it in the calendar because everyone gets booked up very quickly, I didn't realise when it was coming back. Because mm. well, everyone was unclear at that point as to when it was actually returning, and then clearly I was going to run together. You just didn't check, did you? No. Uh, <laughs> but I will watch it. Bad Doctor Who fan. I'm on holiday, so <laughs> <laughs> I will watch it. Um, I think there's no doubt we will all watch it. Yes, yes, we, 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 we'll watch it and we'll bring you our thoughts as quickly as we can. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, what, what did everyone think second time round? No. I, I still liked it. I, I do agree with you. It's it's an <laughs> incredibly silly way to uh, deal with the Cybermen, but um, I'm not too bothered by that. I'm quite forgiving of that. I quite enjoyed the episode. It was quite funny. Um quite happy to see James Corden return. I quite like him. Um, and just quite a, a nice episode and the end was, wasn't was too bad I'm glad it wasn't just a few scenes tacked on at the end they did actually make a bit more of it um, and yeah despite my reservations about how much they're going to try and cram in looking forward to uh, to a week Saturday yeah with it. Um, yeah, it was just the same as I thought the first time I mean, it, it, it is funny but it hasn't really got much of a plot. Uh, or, plot. Or the characters are quite entertaining, but they don't really point to much. Um, I mean, I, I, I can't get too annoyed about it because it doesn't attempt to be anything other than no. what it is. I mean, that, that's what particularly irritated me about um, Zoban listens at this point. What I disliked about um, oh, what was that one called? Night Terrors. No, no, the one after oh. it. The girl who waited. Uh, the girl who waited. waited yes. is, is, is it had such a sense of self-importance, which uh, is, is what I really disliked with Far the content. Far be it from you to have any sense of self-importance <laughs> or pomposity, Sophie. But this finds justified. <laughs> well, you think it is, which I think is a self-fulfilling uh, yeah. point there. It, it, it is, but I mean, it, it, is, it is what it is. It's a knockabout episode. It, it, it does that reasonably well. It's never going to be one I'm going to be particularly fond of anyway but, but I knew it, that when the whole line was going to be love conquered all I think I knew we were gonna, you weren't going to like it so then. it's just not something I can get annoyed about particularly hmm. so uh, yeah, a, yeah I, I really liked it as I said I think it didn't quite get the balance between um, the comedy and the scares um, I'd have liked a bit more Particularly with the resolution, just yes. um, uh, perhaps to have lost a couple of the scenes in the lingerie. Yes, yeah, we could have lost them um, uh, in favour of a bit uh, better uh, pop resolution. Um, but uh, no, I did did really enjoy it. I think uh, it it's good to have that lighter moment before going into the finale. And mm-hmm. uh, but it did have that thread of the Doctor's uh, sense of weariness and uh, impending doom uh, did uh, give a good contrast to the lighter stuff. So I, I think it worked really well on the whole. Yeah. And and it does... Uh, I do, do feel uh, quite excited now for the final episode. Mm. I am a bit nervous as to whether it will actually uh, deliver. Yeah. Um, and, but... Credit to Stephen Moffat. He um, 
I can't, I haven't yet worked out how I think he's going to get the Doctor out of it. And I'm pretty confident he's not going to go for a cheap, um, oh, it's the Ganger Doctor or, uh, it's Resurrection Juice. It hurts my head to try and think of how he's <laughs> going to manage to do it. Um, but I, yeah, I hope he's going to find a, a more interesting way to do it. I think he's, they've set it up certainly a lot in this episode. Mm. Um, that whereas before, you always, well, you know, the doctor's going to get out of it this time, but before, the doctor's always sort of run head at whatever might possibly kill him. Mm. Um, this time, Matt Smith as the doctor is very much going to it, knowing that, you know, he's fairly certain he's going to die. Mm. You know, there's that slight more uncertainty about, well, he's fairly certain he's going to die, but, um, that sort of uncertainty that actually, even though as viewers we know that they're going to have to get him out somehow, somehow, Mm. Um, but they've not really played it like that, which is quite a, a nice change. Yeah. Because I think certainly when Tennant was around, it was, like I said, he was sat on so much of a pedestal that, you know, nothing was going to hurt him anyway. He's a, you know, a bit more vulnerable, this Doctor. <laughs> Just to see if, uh, Peter's, uh, prediction, well, prediction, well, kind of theory that the TARDIS is going to be actually under the water when the Doctor is killed. Mm. He, he made that back in the first episode. Oh, right, okay. Um, as to somehow being watching it and somehow orchestrating it somehow mm. or other. I can't remember precisely what his theory was, but it did have yeah. the TARDIS underwater. So it'd be interesting to see if we do see the TARDIS underwater. Well, as, as James said in his interview there, it uh, appears to be some serious Dumbledoring at work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but... Yeah. but uh, yeah, uh, we we had quite a bit of uh, feedback on last week's uh, yeah. commentary, uh, which is nice. Thank you, everyone who's got in touch. Um, Mark uh, emailed us through the uh, form on the website to say, Hi, guys, I love your podcast and listen to it religiously. I am faithful to it. Uh, <laughs> but uh, he said that uh, we were perhaps wrong um, uh, missing the point about Rory's faith in the God Complex. Okay. Um, the Doctor uh, asked Rory about his room, not his faith. In each room resides each person's thing they feared. Rory not having a room means he doesn't have a fear. Uh, it doesn't mean he doesn't have faith in something or someone such as Amy. I think it's a bit of a leap in logic to say because Rory might not have a room, he doesn't have faith in something. Keep up the great work. So I think it did imply that connection I in the episode. I think that the Doctor actually says to Rory yeah. that he doesn't. Because he says to Rory that Rory has become sort of a modern man in the sense that he isn't reliant on mm. so that he doesn't mm. have faith in it. and that's actually because I think we said that was what was set up as being this is what you're aiming for yeah, well, that you're was aiming not and I'm sure on. the doctor says it to him I'm sure he says to Rory that he doesn't have he doesn't have faith I'm he sure doesn't he have a room because he doesn't have isn't it something in the bar to fall back on when they're when they're paired off <laughs> With mm. Amy. Oh, perhaps we'll have to yeah, check back on that. We will have to check. But, I, I, but yeah, thanks I very much, well. Mark. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for pointing that out. Thank you for agreeing that he should have had faith in Amy. Okay. <laughs> and um, uh, Kerry uh, commented regarding Sviven's request for earlier literary sources for hell being a room, suggesting uh, that argue, it's arguable they all follow on from Sartre's No Exit. Uh, a 1944 play where hell is a place resembling a hotel where a small group of people have to spend eternity with each other and are constantly reminded of their sins from their interactions with others in the room. It's where the phrase hell is other people, hell is other people comes from, if I recall yeah. correctly. Uh, oh, so, yeah, that and also suggests that um, there's hell is a room imagery could probably be laid at the door of the discovery of and survival reports from concentration camps so then uh, uh, some uh, possible connections yeah there. I suppose that could have influenced Orwell which is what I was mm. thinking of immediately because of course I was written in 48 because yeah. 84, 1984 was a switchback of the last two digits if you didn't know. And, uh, oh yeah, and a fig leaf of your imagination, um, uh, thinks he's got a line with Moffat Bingo. Um, ah, um, I was just looking at them actually on my uh, iPod as to whether we had any tonight, but, uh, I don't, I can't think of any that we did. 
it, it felt in some ways more there were more Russell T Davies sort of there's more of a RTD mm. vibe to it just with um, echoes of Rose and I mean I don't think we had any even the ones we've had before I don't think we mm. had any could, could you say the side map redesign was controversial well, well, we'll I wasn't we'll, a fan. We'll have to wait to see what the forums yeah, make of it. That's true. Um, yes. But uh, it, he does make... Um, uh, I think Leaf's query is if River's poison kiss to the Doctor counts as hot woman kisses the Doctor who squirms. If so, he has a line. Sh- sh- do we give him that? Yeah, I'd say we give him yeah. that. Yeah. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> you have a line. Yeah. Moffat bingo. And I'm sure we'll be able to uh, tick off a few more uh, in next week. Yeah, I imagine our count might go up next week, I think, because a lot of our uh, tropes uh, involve river, don't they? So, yeah. Is it? Of a river. But, uh, yeah, I think that counts. Although squirming swiftly followed by dying mm. slowly. Yeah. Is it possible to get a full house in, um, in the finale? I don't think so. I think we're missing too many, yeah. I think. And especially as... Um, we've got a few about Amy and Rory and from the looks of this it doesn't mm. look like they're going to be in this Shame. episode because mm. we haven't had surprisingly we haven't had Rory dies and gets better again no. um, or I think the other one is a veiled reference to Amy and Rory's sex oh, life oh I think we could have that but I think I we, 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 we got that in uh, I was going to say I think I a girl who waited yeah I'm uh, sure I crossed that one and nurses um, right. yeah um, yeah yeah uh, Kerry made another comment with some other interesting co- uh, ideas, saying about how um, there have been several episodes which features a TARDIS analogue, uh, this being the hotel with constantly changing interior, and um, uh, how uh, different time streams in The Girl Who Waited, allowing so many people to be in the same place at once, The Dollhouse from Night Terrors, and The Tesselector from Let's Kill Hitler, and House from um, the Doctor's Wife, uh, so much smaller on the inside. So, mm. yeah, that's interesting. Uh, yes. And uh, also commenting on Rory's um, lack of faith and saying that it's hinted strongly both in this episode that his greatest faith is in Amy, yeah. but that his greatest fear is in losing her. So... Uh, because and they'd kind of cancel each other out in terms of yeah. if you have the fear and the faith, it wouldn't really work to get him to fall back on his faith in Amy by showing Amy abandoning him. Yeah, which is uh, if they'd have gone if they'd have gone with that idea uh, or made that idea a bit clearer, I'd have been a lot happier with. Yeah, because I mean, they still they still could have said that. I mean, it's the fact that they actually say. You know, they actually do discuss the fact that Rory has no faith, mm. I think, is the bit we had the, the mm. problem with, wasn't it, really? Yeah. I mean, like I said, I mean, Rory was a... He wasn't a... The point of that episode, was he, really? He was in the background somewhat anyway, so... Yeah. I, I think the main thing comes down to the dialogue between young Amy and the Doctor, mm. I think, is the centre point of the point of the story. And yeah. I think it's difficult to get beyond that in the interpretation of everything else. Mm. Um, I would say, with the TARDIS, TARDIS analogues, with the, with the Doctor killing, could they actually be inside the TARDIS? So rather than the TARDIS be under the water when the tar- Doctor dies, are they actually in a huge tar- inside the TARDIS somehow? Probably not, but it was just an idea with the whole ty- TARDIS analogues. Mm. <laughs> a good theory. I don't think I've heard that one yet. No. <sighs> Can you have two Doctors and... Two river songs in the do- in the TARDIS at once. It's a state Sounds of temporal like, grace. Well, yeah, but you couldn't have two Amys in it. Well, they were two contradictory Amys from two different timelines. Because yeah. we had two Amys at once in the TARDIS in space and time, the sketch thing. Uh, but they would be two doctors from different times and two river songs from different times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> If River Song is in the uh, astronaut suit. No, I suppose you could hook up the Paradox machine again. <laughs> you could bring yeah. that back for a couple of seasons ago. Mind you, we are discussing this based on the, if they are in the TARDIS. Well, yeah, yeah, of course. Which is pretty unlikely. <laughs> yeah, it, which, it is, but I just thought I'd yeah. out there. I don't, don't, I don't think, think... No, I don't think... I don't. I was just thinking out. <laughs> I mean, I think they're right. The, the theme is there, and certainly the theme of, you know, several people meeting in the same... Yeah. Place, which of course, yeah, we are going to have a scene with two doctors and two river songs. 
Yeah. Well, thank you very much for listening. Thank you for your comments. We'd love to hear from you again uh, this week. And if you've got any theories on how the Doctor survived his certain death, uh, then we'd love to hear and we, we can uh, see how they match up to what Moffat actually comes up with. Mm. Um, so, yes. Uh, thanks for listening. Goodbye. Bye. You've been listening to The Impossible Podcast. For more Doctor Who commentaries, plus other science fiction and fantasy reviews and discussions, please visit our website, impossiblepodcasts.blogspot.com, or search for us on iTunes. We'd love to hear from you. Please follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, or email us via impossiblepodcasts at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Okay, testing, testing. Welcome to Impossible Podcast. Oh, you see? Oh, I see. That's right. That's, that's right. <laughs> yeah, you probably don't need to sit that far forward. No, so, so I thought we were going over there. <laughs> no, that, I thought, well, we move, no, I won't bother moving the telly now, but um, just to try and get us all uh, more in the even Yeah, it's even probably worth distance. spread out a bit more when we were last time. Yeah, because it's noticeable whoever's sitting on... On the side, even if it's sort of... Yeah, even if it's further. <laughs> even if that's why I'm here, because I'm the furthest away, in theory, from the. Am I? Yeah, I'm picking up. I yeah, you, I can yeah, see all... my heartbeat. <sighs> but we're all fairly similar, as opposed to some of us yeah. being louder. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, well, Don't laugh, Swithin. No, 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 I was realising it isn't spiking, so that's a start. I was after I was checking. Yeah, but if it's a lot. Um, like, it'll yeah, spike when you turn up the volume. Yeah, 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 I know, I know. Compared to everything else. I, I will attempt not to laugh. Yes. Try not to laugh, so. I will laugh quietly. And, and also, don't, <laughs> not only for reasons of sound quality, but so as not to scare the listeners. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I think I've got used to my laugh. More so. <laughs> <than> <laughs> yeah, that might scare the listeners.